we now, yes. this is the first podcast where we officially have a king. Yeah, isn't that incredible? Hooray! Long live. My life feels very different. The king. <laughs> I couldn't think of a joke. He's, he's, he's not going to live long, though. Uh, yeah. I, actually, Graham was asking, like, why do we say God save the king or God save the queen? Because obviously they didn't. <laughs> True. The queen died. Have any of the kings or queens so, ever actually been saved by God? I think they all died. If so, let us know. We're on a, we're on a run of, of kings and queens dead, not kings and queens living forever. I, I did actually have to look up, you know, the etymology of the phrase because I, I genuinely didn't know the answer. I'm assuming it means like heavenly kind of save rather than like... And like maybe not like get, don't let them get killed by our enemies. It, it, it's so it's legitimately like uh, I hope that the, the monarch in the sky looks after this real monarch for as long as possible, rather than like let's give as them as long as uh, possible. Let's give them immortality. It's more just you know kind of look at look out for them, big man. Come on. That's actually that's actually very weak and boring. It would be <laughs> much more inspiring if people were begging for their king to live forever. Yeah, <laughs> I'd respect that more. So that that happened. Did you watch the coronation? No, I didn't even. I one forgot it was happening. Nice. Two woke up after it was done. I think. I think. I don't know when it was done, but I woke up after it definitely started. Um, so I missed my chance to pledge allegiance to uh, his fingers or whatever. I don't know, kisses, toes, and stuff. I, I mean, I'm on, I maybe missed that part of the ceremony. Well, no, because like in 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 like in Ireland way back in the day, they used to suck on nipples to show subservience. So like it, it could have been anything for from I I don't know. It could have been we could have been asked to do anything, and I would have believed it. There's also I know I don't know if this was accurate because it was never shown. But if if you watch the highlights, almost like it was match of the day off the coronation, <laughs> there was a section where Prince Char- Prince Charles before he became king uh, was taken into like yeah. this uh, this little box. And he was shielded from view. Okay, yeah. And Hugh Edwards announced he's now being shielded from yes. view. And we have no idea what went on there, but I believe he just had oil poured all over him. Yeah, he was getting anointed because uh, it's too, it's too, it's too, too holy and uh, for for our for our mere mortal eyes. You know, we're not allowed to see this g- glorious occasion. But th- this is what I fail to understand for people who... Sounds a bit blasphemous to be fair. Right. But people who are diehard monarchists, and I know there are a few of them, I don't know if there's any listening, but I do know of, in my life, a few people who, for example, had the Union Jack tablecloth out on oh, no. Saturday and had some <laughs> plastic crowns and took lots of pictures holding Union Jacks and stuff. And they're just like, yeah, it's fine. Of course we just pour oil over this random guy who rules over us by his birthright. That's totally fine. Normal. Without a single thought of, well, hold on a second, maybe this is just a wee bit 400 years out of date. I mean, okay, let's, let's, I think we're going to come back to this part of the show, right? I think we've blended the intro with our first topic. Okay, fair enough. Quite, Uh, quite, change the topic. What's, what's, uh, what did you do today? Uh, I, is Kat okay? So far, so okay. Um, she's, I think, going to be on some medicine forever, but cheap medicine, affordable medicine that isn't covered by insurance. Yeah. Well, that sounds great and thrilling. I mean, it's just, I think she, basically, it's just, yeah, as yet, still undiagnosed, you could but pour she's... pour oil on her and see if that helps. I could. Get a box. <laughs> Cats do love boxes. Wait. Right. We have we've to shield been, her from public view. We've been thinking that the royal family are lizards forever. What if they're actually cats? Maybe that's it, yeah. The lizard thing's a diversion. And the whole, like, God save the king is because they've got nine lives, and that's why Lizzie hung on for so long. True. She burned through her lives. She's actually a cat. Slower than average. 
just an old pussy. That's what she was. Wow, that was terrible. That was actually... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I regret saying that. Yeah, you're leaving I'm it sorry. in the edit, right? Yeah? Uh, yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah, why not? Sorry, everybody. Anyway, do, do you want to know what I did, seeing as you always ask, because you're very thoughtful? I did ask already. You did, you did. I have, and we have had, uh-huh. an offer accepted on a house in Larbert. Well, Larbert. Now, my question... My question is, James, could you point to Larbert on a map? Uh, I'd probably point to somewhere in the Falkirk area and go... You'd eh. be very close. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> it's basically equidistant between Glasgow and Dunfermline, which for the time being is perfect. Right. And the bus that Graham would get to get to the salon is literally out the back door, which is wow. phenomenal. And uh, I could either drive or get the train, and the train is a 10-minute walk away. So happy days... And uh, the owners we're buying from are lovely, and they've actually knocked money off what? the price of the house. Huh? Wait. So, yeah, because they're like, oh, oh, because this house would be so much better if it had an ensuite on the top floor, so we've knocked 10K <laughs> off the asking price Wait, so that you can use that 10K to put in what? an ensuite. And me and Graham are like, yeah, sure. Yeah, we'll definitely do that. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, that sounds great. We'll do it. I mean, yes, you will definitely do it because they are probably listening to the podcast, so you are going to do that, yes. Mm-hmm. We are. No, that's the, I meant that with all, all sincerity, but with the asterisk of, like, maybe we'll do it in a few years. A few years. Because the thing is, they're right. It will add a lot of value to the property, but I'm, I do not have a spare 10K lying around. I'm literally yeah, but, scraping right. every bit of money together. Right. I even found euros in my cupboard the other day so I could take it to the, whatever they, <laughs> oh, the, no. Duchamp's <laughs> place. get exchanged. Right to to turn it into pounds because, like I tell you, <laughs> there's so many wow. fees and and expensive things well that I had no idea about, and now I'm like, oh, we I actually do need more money than I thought we I did. We need money so, right now to make yeah the the sale happen. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I actually may get this podcast interrupted by someone chapping on my door to buy my bike off me. So uh, oh, that's <laughs> that's free. happening. Free. Yeah. So I mean, I, yeah. I'm just in awe that do, I don't get like one. I'm glad there are still people who haven't been completely rotten to the core by capitalist uh, ideas of always making the most money possible. Yeah, yeah. But the property got valued to the valuation as is. So I'm guessing that the asking price must have been way above valuation purely no, 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 because no, no, no. of like market reasons. No, 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 no. Right. So so here we go, everybody. And usually you'd have to go in Zoopla to find out this information. But the home report no way. Okay. on the house was 285 uh, thousand, not two hundred eighty-five pounds. You're being very specific. Two eight five wow. is a home report. Two eight five point zero zero. Yep, and what they were looking for was a fixed price. Okay, two seven five. It's so below. Literally, and I when we we turned up at the door and to like look around the house, and instantly me and Graham thought, "Yep, this is the Where's house. The trouble. This is the one." And I asked them and said, "So, how, how are you deciding who gets the house? Seeing as it's fixed price." And they said, "Oh, it's basically whoever. It's fastest finger first. It's whoever puts in the offer first. And then you said, "Hello, <laughs> I would like to buy your house. We will take it right now." <laughs> And uh, yeah, <laughs> dear, dear sir and madam. And what's also been really helpful, and they are they like they're so lovely. It's just an older couple who are retiring. I'm just so confused. Well, this is the thing: they're retiring, and they seem like they've got a decent amount of cash. And yeah, so to them, maybe twenty k is like, oh well, it's nothing. We're not going to live enough time to spend that anyway. <laughs> to the extent that we went back last week to chat about the furniture they're going to leave. And basically, they're like, yeah, it's a lot of hassle, you know, trying to sell furniture. So 
we'll just we'll just leave that one for you for free. Uh, we'll also leave that one for you for free. Okay. And oh hey, do you want this sixty-five inch Samsung OLED TV? I do. Yeah, it's it's I glued do. into the. It's basically hammered into the wall, so you can have. I'd it. like it. <laughs> Can you, get, can you send them down to me? I, I would like free things from these people. <laughs> yeah, so it has been absolutely phenomenal in terms of... <laughs> what are Lovely people, I fantastic say, house. You've been rolling dice for a long time, your entire life, and a lot of those dices have, have rolled very poorly. So I think, you know, a, a good little crit, crit success on this one is, is, is a bit, it's about time. But this is... I am so... Over, over, overwhelmed by how how good this sounds. That there, there's got to be something. There's got to be something wrong. There's got to be something. There's a crime scene mm. under that house, and they they're just trying to get away as fast as they can. Oh, they're, we also they're, they're crossing the border tomorrow. Yeah, that's it. Running away to England, where they'll to, never to get England, caught. <laughs> where they crime, where they won't get charged for their crimes. Exactly. So that's happening, <laughs> and we have a, a date of June twenty sixth of moving in. Wow. Which is going to be here before we know it. That's like six and a half weeks, man. So that's that's very close. Yeah. And what it now means now, I don't know if you can pick this up at all on the recording. My microphone is still is still doing a good job. But in my headphones, I can hear that this cupboard is now slightly more echoey because we've started it did sound different. the like disassemble of the flat. And so I started by taking lots of foam off. And honestly, I took the stuff off, which I didn't think was making that much of a difference. So like there's foam behind me and there was it foam probably, on the ceiling. Yeah, I took it all off and actually it's made quite the difference. So um, yeah, sorry about that, folks. I thought I could, I thought you sounded a bit different, but then I thought it's because I'm wearing my other headphones today, but I use these ones quite often. So I'm glad there, uh, maybe I'm just crazy. Maybe I am hearing a difference. Yeah, it is actually, yep, a changed studio. But and also, what's happened? I've taken down my neon sign, so I am doing this recording in the dark. I literally have like pulled the cupboard door Ooh. over. I don't have any lights on, so um, <laughs> oh my. yeah. Hello, darkness, my old friend. You're in a box. Get the aisle. We, we did look. <laughs> we did look in this new house. As to where this this new studio is going, and and because Graham is such a, right. a supportive partner, the it was both of us who were like, right, where's the studio going, Colin? Where's your microphone going? Where's the foam going? The ensuite. rather than just someone be like, oh, Colin, are you really going to put yourself in a cupboard again? Okay, so we have pinpointed Ooh. a place in the new house where the studio is going to be, and where the actually not cupboard, it will now be a corner, a corner of this room. Wow, which will be covered in foam. Are you going to put up like little fake walls? I, I mean. The, the world is our oyster. So get, like, we could put up whatever we want. So you can get f- four, four foam, yeah. four foam sides. I, you know, I think you need the little fake walls. So, so yeah, Graham did suggest that we just foam the entire room, but I think that will look a little odd. So foam the whole room, put a bunch of like toys in it, <laughs> get a get a couple of like. Uh, slides. I don't know. You know. Okay, all right. Okay. Make it a little soft play area for yeah. you. Yeah. It doubles it doubles in, as workspace and also fun after school place for children. For you. Me. No. No. For you. Don't say for children. That that would ruin the joke and make it weird. <laughs> okay. Just for you. <laughs> Just for me. That's that's what we'll do. That's our uh, yeah extracurricular activity. Yes. The, when you move in with your partner into a new home, the first thing you do is make a playroom that is mm-hmm. very fun. Yep. That's that's exactly what you do. So, dear listeners, if you have any suggestions... What, get the oil! It's a box! What we need to do in this new house then, get in touch. And you can do, because this is 
Seesaw Parade, your new slash oh, least yeah. favorite podcast. Truth. And thank you very much for listening. I'm Colin. I'm currently in Glasgow. Less popular than white nationalism. That is sadly true. But yeah, I'm in Glasgow for yes. at least the next like three episodes, maybe four. And then I'll be in Larbor and then we'll be even further away. True. The, we will barely be able to talk with all that internet lag. Oh, I know. And uh, James is over there. Say hi, James. Hi, James. <laughs> That was classic. Really do appreciate everybody listening. And can I also say at this point... It's actually less funnier than your joke. If you are listening to this episode, I'm going to order you to stop Wait. and to go and listen to a different podcast first and then come back to this one. What? Because... Okay. Uh, James, I have... Um, I've committed adultery on the show. I'm very sorry. Oh, did you record on another podcast? I did another podcast. It was... We're in an open relationship now? <laughs> we are now. Yep. It's a, it's well, a thruple. You didn't tell me. I didn't give my consent, but you know. Sorry, we'll, we'll talk about it later, okay? So I did uh, I did Chris's podcast, The Strong Men Podcast, which... Ah, oh, you are a man. I am. And I'm strong. And I say that with all sincerity. So I did this episode on Friday, and it's now been released uh, today, which is Wednesday the 10th. Okay. And it is pretty grim slash very raw, okay. very transparent. Okay. And it's essentially me talking about the damage that theology did to me as a kid, oh. telling me that I was uh, dirty and horrible and disgusting. That you should reject yourself. And gays are, the, are just the worst. And then you realize as a child that you yourself are yeah, gay. If you, if you don't completely mask up for the rest of your life, you're going to go to hell too. Isn't yeah. that fun? And then pandemic came along and finally here I am owning who I am. But it only took me nearly 20 years. So to help other people, other guys who may be in similar situations, avoid the similar Similarly, the similar silly mistakes that I did. Right. Go and listen to that podcast. But uh, yeah, do do be warned. There is some pretty heavy topics going on in there. So yeah, that's why I suggest go and listen to that first, and then come back and have the the fun, oily fun that we have <laughs> wow. on this show. Yes, where we only do fun things. Lubed up with so the basically king. Basically, a soft play area. That's what we do. <laughs> it's called seesaw parade. <laughs> we do ever be anything sad here? And, uh, no, never, never ever. And uh, yeah, then come back to the show afterwards because because where this is where the fun things happen. We could be sad for link a while. Link in description. Have fun. Remember that. Remember to do that one. Colin. Yeah, we'll do remember, that. Remember, link in description. Anyway, you can get in touch with the show at seesaw parade on Twitter, seesaw parade at gmail.com. As some of you have done, thank you very much for getting in touch. And also, we have another listener review, which this time is off a book. We have a book review. Oh, yes. Which is, I I don't remember last time we had a book review. How about that? Well, that's coming up later on the show. I did one. I did a book review very recently. I did. I talked about a book that I didn't like. Oh, so you did. Okay, yeah, that was a real book. It was like an e-book. Wow, I'm hurt. Audiobooks are books, okay? (laughs) Right? Let's Let's not be gatekeepers. Trans women are women. Audiobooks are wow, books. <laughs> wow, <laughs> yeah, same thing. Okay, so yes, they're of equal importance. <laughs> Electronic mail is mail. There, that would be much better, and actually works into the pun as well. Okay, anyway, <laughs> sorry, uh, we'll get to that later on. But yeah, let's let's go back to the intro and talk about the fact that we now have a king do, do, do. in the United Kingdom. That was me. It was a fanfare. Oh, I see. Okay. I thought you were booing. No, that would have been much more real. Okay. Not a joke at all. <laughs> all right. Let's, let's slide into this oily nightmare. Okay.
Okay, James, this is the story that King Charles fable. the Third, long time ago, is now the official monarch in the UK. There was a big old ceremony on Saturday in London. There was days was, and days of planning and rehearsals. And then lots of uh, apparently semi-famous people turned up. Politicians were there. And money spent. Penny Mordaunt held a 17th century sword for a long time and everyone was very impressed. Wow. Uh, there were lots of nice hats. Katy Perry got lost trying to find her seat. Prince Harry was uh, there, and then he went home, and the Daily Mail wrote something like 95 articles about it in the space of three days. And then uh, Charles got all oily, and they put the crown on his head. He held a couple of sticks for uh, about four minutes, and then he and Camilla, who also had a silly hat on... He touched a a ring. He he, He touched a ring, and it was really creepy. Touched a ring. I saw the picture of that moment, and that creeped me out. (laughs) And then they, they walked out with their hats on their head. They went into a golden... A horse-drawn carriage, and they went over the um, pothole filled with sand roads around yes, Westminster yes, Abbey. Yes, a sign of the UK. Yes, I do like that as a, a symbol of how, what it is to be in the UK of like the most expensive ceremony of the year. Just driving over a, a bunch of potholes that are filled, filled with sand because you can't afford to do a good job. Yeah, so that happened, and there were calls for street parties across the UK, and I'm sure in England and maybe in Wales they had some, but certainly in Scotland, uh, no, there was pictures of what Glasgow, Paisley, Edinburgh were putting on for local people, and they were sparsely attended. So. Definitely a different feeling, I would argue, strongly, in Scotland compared to other parts of the UK. Right. Uh, James, what was your overall take, before we get into the uh, the protests and the arrests and other things, what was your take on the actual coronation, if you saw or heard or read anything? On the actual coronation, I found it quite insulting that they called it, like, stripped back oh, yeah. and, like, cheap when it was like the most expensive one ever, even adjusting for inflation. <laughs> like it was really expensive compared to previous coronations. And yes, there was more guests. That doesn't sound like stripped back and cheap though. The number of guests is kind of optional. And like, yes, there was like, they had to broadcast it on the internet, which is a little bit expensive. But you know, I feel like if they're going to try and pretend that they, they tried to save money on this because the UK is having a rough time, it shouldn't have been the most expensive one. I think that, that was the basic the basic hurdle of decency. And they failed. So from then on, it's just like enjoying the failures more and more because it was just embarrassing. The fact that we're doing that still is actually embarrassing. And it's also the fact that, yeah, as you say, the the insane amount of money that went into this whole charade, which... They won't tell us how much. That's a bad sign. They won't actually just tell us. Yeah, it's in the hundreds of millions anyway. And they had the big, like, coronation concert as well. I didn't see any of that, but that had, obviously, people who clearly weren't doing it for free. Did the king do karaoke? I'd respect him a bit more if he did that. I think he might have waved, but uh, at people... I don't think he went on stage and did karaoke, but that would have been genuinely iconic. But no, that didn't happen. That would have been the best moment of the thing. That would have been a moment I even would have enjoyed. So that was the... The newsworthy, in, in my air quotes, thing that happened. But what was more okay, yeah, sure, yeah. genuinely newsworthy okay. was the protesters who got arrested. So this was from a few days ago. On the Friday and into the Saturday, mm-hmm. Metropolitan Police in London said 52 people had been arrested True. for a range of reasons. This was then labelled as alarming yeah. by human rights groups. I mean, how many of them got charged? Four. 
Two of them. Wow, you see, that's not a good turnover. For having a class class A drugs, one of them who I believe had a knife and someone else for something unrelated. And then what happened was the head of the anti-monarchy group Republic came out and said, by the way, yes. we have been planning with the police for weeks about this protest, how we were going to do it, where we were going to be. The police were fully aware of our plans. It was all very cordial. Given the go ahead. And then, yeah, yeah. on the day itself, the police just said, oh, actually, sorry, joke lols, we were kidding, and they arrested Led you a on. whole bunch of them. You're arrested. So this was, uh, yeah, Graham Smith, who's the chief exec of Republic. 64 people arrested in total. Wow. And despite four months of conversations with the Met about the group's plans, uh, they were arrested, taken away, and yes, the only charges were ones that had nothing to do with protest. And it turns out, James, lo and behold, that many of these protesters were arrested under these new protest laws. What? Introduced. Oh my goodness, these laws that are designed to stamp out protest? Wow. By the fascist, the Tory government. Tory, Tory government. Which, and wait, just to give them credit... Lammy, who's in the who's in Labour, the, the shadow, whatever, has also come out to say that Labour would not get rid of these laws really? if they were in government. Oh dear. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not just the Tories anymore. They've got the backing of the Labour Party too, yeah. and those are the good guys. <laughs> anyway, this this was then it came out that the Met Police realised, oh, actually, I think we might have got this wrong, and then they've apologised. Far too late now, two, three days after the coronation, they've said, oh, oh, sorry, we didn't actually mean to arrest you guys. Uh, so my bad, your bails are... Miscommunications. Scrubbed oh, from man. the records. You get, you're free to go. Yeah, however, on the day off, they were saying things along the lines of whether there will be zero tolerance for ruining this party, you know? <laughs> you may not spoil the fun. And also what happened was that the Met arrested members of... A night safety team within the city of Westminster. These were volunteers who go out and and help essentially drunk women and vulnerable women get home safely at night. And they were arrested. They dish out like rape alarms and stuff. At two in the morning for 14 hours on suspicion of essentially handing out rape alarms to, uh, oh, they were going to disrupt and scare the horses, I believe was the quote that was used. They're going to use these alarms as a loud disturbance for the party. Yeah, so again, totally normal behaviour now, it seems, in the UK, that this is uh, what's happening. So there was a lot more of smaller stories like this going on over the course of the weekend, but the bigger picture is police arrested lots of people who they shouldn't have done, and it seems like these laws where basically you can arrest yeah. protesters because they might cause a disturbance Maybe. were fully in action, on display, Yeah, just because the king was getting his crown. Yeah, and there were still protests ongoing, and this is the police's excuse. They're saying, oh, we might have arrested some people, but we still let some protests happen. But that's not good enough, right? If you're, if you're using these laws or these, uh, these, new, these new powers to arrest anyone without the justification, you're crossing a line. That power needs to be gone. So, so it's a, a frightening time, to be honest. If this is, And this was reflected in a lot of the coverage that I was seeing from whether it was human rights groups, it was other independent voices saying, hold on a second now, these people were protesting for reasons which were are completely legitimate and allowed, or they certainly were allowed in the UK, and now we're just saying, uh, actually, no, you yeah, can't... lawfully arrest. You cannot protest something that uh, we don't want you to protest. That, is that basically the message now? Right, but it's, it, now it's, it's legal for them to do that is the difference. So they're now saying, oh, no, you're being lawfully arrested for this thing. Like, maybe you used to be able to do this, but now the law says we can arrest you. But, you know, 
a lot of things have been legal in the past that are just outright bad. A lot of things will be legal in the future. They're just outright bad. You know what? Dude, the Nazis made a lot of things legal and did a lot well, of things legally. That didn't mean it was good or moral. It is comparisons to, to Nazism and Nazis a step too far at this point. Get out of here, though. Like, a lot of people say that it is, um, but it's, 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 it's always a bit of a risk when you're using an extreme version of something as an example. And you got to make sure it is analogous, but in this case, it is. You're you're wielding powers to suppress people for an unjust reason. We also so the extreme version of that is killing them, you know, instead of arresting them. We also were, uh, if you may have seen this, James, we were also invited to pledge allegiance. <laughs> to <laughs> guys, I saw the tweets for this, I saw, uh... like the marketing that was going out about how we were going to be asked to pledge. It was, I was laughing for a whole night it was the cringiest thing and i was like uh, yeah no way is this still a part of the ceremony that's so cringy and then i found out it was new they just added this part now so this it's was so known funny. as the homage of the people which was replacing <laughs> yeah, yeah, the yeah. former homage of peers and this is what it was people around the uk and abroad were invited to say the words and I will actually say it now. I swear that I will pay true allegiance to your majesty and to your heirs and successors according to law. So help me God. It's so embarrassing. I could not roll my eyes harder. Could you sound more desperate for approval than asking people to say that? It's just sad. I like, okay, I've said it on my streams. I haven't said it in the podcast. But if you're somebody who actually did this and did the pledge, please do not tell me. Because <laughs> I like to give people the respect sure. that they deserve by default, which is a lot of respect. Everyone deserves default respect. But this would cross the line, and I would lose respect. And that's okay. Just don't tell me. I don't want to lose respect for people. So this, just keep this one a secret. Because like pledging allegiance to anything hyper cringe like it does not get more embarrassing as an individual to be doing this right but especially to some old dude who looks halfway to death and got born into a hunk of gold and that's it all he did was inherit wealth wait sorry actually he's done more than that we'll come back to that in a second remind me okay got, got he just got born into wealth and power and then you as an individual with complete freedom to do whatever you want on the planet willingly just bow down and lick the feet you know or, no, sorry, suck the nipples. Oh, wait, no, no, no. Kiss the toes. Okay. I don't remember. Anyway, can I just add this point as well? The service or the ceremony reflected uh, all sorts of different faiths, including Jewish, Hindu, Sikh, Muslim, and Buddhist communities. But also we then had, and this was the other point, which, again, pro-monarchy people seem to be unable to really defend with any vigor. This was the fact that throughout the actual ceremony or the declaration of him becoming king, he had to then, Charles had to declare he was a faithful Protestant <laughs> and pledged to uphold and maintain the Protestant succession to the throne. Ah. And he was also referred to uh, by Justin Welby, who was taking the ceremony as a defender of the faith, mm-hmm. which the, 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 all the ties to Anglican gods, which again, look, 300, 400 years ago was pretty standard. 
in 2023, this is still what we are seeing. And look, this goes for the references to continuing your Protestant line, but it's also, yes. oh yeah, this person called the Lord of the Council has to carry a 17th century sword for this whole ceremony to get underway. Yeah. So uh, this is just the kind of thing which I can't foresee there being a world where someone says, hold on a second, why are we doing all this just weird shit? And can we just forget that this was a thing? I thought he was king already. Do we didn't do we didn't really need to do a whole coronation? <laughs> well, no, yeah, like, no. Like, it's, so long as there's kings and stuff and queens and stuff, there's always going to be these this pomp, these ceremonies, these meaningless things that the only purpose they serve is to make it seem like the king or queen is elevated above you. Right. All of this sycophancy, all of the all of the worship is 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 fake and it's meant to make you think that they're better than you. And that's it. It doesn't serve any other purpose really except like showing off. You wanted to talk about Charles's inherited yeah. wealth before we moved on. Well, not just that, but like a lot of people are like, "Oh, poor Charles, you know, he waited his whole life for this, so he's just a little sad innocent boy." And he likes the environment, isn't he? He's a good little boy and we should all behave and kiss his toes. Charles is an evil person. He has spent quite a lot of his adult life going around other countries trying to sell British arms to them. Sure. And this has been primarily countries in the Middle East. He has been an advert for explosions that kill civilians. He's been an advert for for torpedoes and, and bombs. You know, he's been an advert for a whole bunch of things that just cause death and destruction. And he's willingly done that. He is an evil person. Right, but so people, I don't care how sad that. and lonely he thinks he is, we think he is. He is a bad man. Right, but playing devil's advocate, some people would say, oh, no, no, he's just up, upholding British values, the British economy. He is a stalwart. <laughs> yeah, British values like killing innocents in foreign lands. Yes, yes. Yep. <laughs> Colonization, <laughs> helping them take over like, I know, the natives. I know that this isn't but okay. some people would would say oh no that's a good thing it's not going to appeal to people who are just gone in the cult of charles and who are gone in the cult of royals there's no way to take them out by reason right you, not not by showing that people are bad they're going to be proud of him for like that's true being a patriotic brit who wants to sell things and make money for the country it's just tiring the 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 charity that we're willing to show this guy because he has like a charitable foundation that takes money from bad people um and he talks about the environment sometimes, and he looks kind of sad. No, he's still actually evil. He's actually just a bad person. Okay, let's move on. Unless you've got anything else to add on the coronation, I feel we've thoroughly filleted um, Charlie. Mm-hmm. Charlie boy. I hope this is the last one. And I don't mean that I hope we all go and like guillotine him and his family or stuff like that. I really do mean that fully. I hope that we don't do that. But I do hope this is the last king. It's, uh, but that's just not going to happen, though. Because within our lifetime, Charles will die, and we will have another ceremony with William. We will. And and maybe, look, maybe William will outlast both <laughs> of our lifetimes. Who knows? But that, I suspect we will at least have one more coronation that we will witness. I didn't, yeah, I didn't mean the last one for me. I just mean that it's, <laughs> it's an old-fashioned thing and all it does is it, all it is is an example of inequality in the nation. Yet another example. Sure. And yep. I want to see all inequalities removed as far as we can in a reasonable society and this is an easy one to remove just get rid of it it's gone who cares we then get access to the palace we can go there on our little tourist holidays and actually interact with it and palaces are empty make more money than palaces that are full everyone who pretends that the palace is a tourist draw it would be even more of a tourist draw but sure this is a much easier inequality to tackle than things like wealth inequality that stem from capital capitalist businesses because that's global 
Whereas the Royals, kind of local. We can get rid of them pretty easy peasy in comparison. Okay, talking of getting rid of things, the Conservatives have been thoroughly rejected at the local council elections. That's according to Indeed. the Labour leader Sir Keir Starmer. This was after the elections in England on Thursday last week, in which more than a thousand Conservative councillors lost their seats. They lost 48 councils in total, which exceeded their own worst predictions. And the Labour leader Sir Keir Starmer reacted to all this, said it was a clear rejection of Rishi Sunak yeah. and that his party, if they repeated similar voting patterns in the general election next year, they would be on course to win. So many Tories, of course, angry at the scale of the losses. Some people blaming Mr. Sunak, most people saying, oh, this is a combination of Boris and Truss, but that has been... Well, yeah, it depends who's... Yeah. This, this is what's happened. The Tories lost a huge amount of seats, far more than they expected. Liberal Democrats had a good night and uh, Labour had a, had a good night. decent night. Greens took their first ever council, I believe. They gained 240 seats. I think they doubled their total seats or something. Or they have doubled them over the last while. There's been a lot of change, certainly, in these local elections. So, yeah. thoughts, James, on this? It's very telling to me that Labour didn't make a lot of gains. It's very telling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's no surprise, because, again, Labour are doing nothing and saying nothing and just hoping to capitalise off the fall of the Tories. Um, but I'm quite happy that they're not making gains. They don't deserve the gains. And I hope that when it comes to the next election, we see a similar situation where they have to make a deal with some other party who's actually made more effort to counter the Tories rather than just like sitting around and watching the Tories do things and then saying, oh, but right. we wouldn't stop them doing that, but we would not do it ourselves. You know, that's that's Labour right now. But once again, it's it's the same issue that we've raised before, particularly with the strikes that we saw yeah. and have been seeing over the last year, which is that Labour's lack of a clear and defined position has really hampered their support. And sure, they had a, a good-ish night. They picked up some seats. They won some councils. But if they'd actually had a prominent leader who had strong positions and had strong values rather than just, uh, oh, this fence is quite comfortable, I'm just going to stay where I am, Yeah. then I believe they do far better. And the same goes for the election next year, whenever it happens. Well, yeah, and the fact that this is, he's not just, it's not just Steimer doesn't have strong positions. It's that like he started off promising strong positions. He had some, he's had pledges and he's just forgotten them. And he had more pledges and he's just forgotten them. He, so we've been lied to by Labour a lot. Um, so they're not getting to capitalise on the big Tory failure. But it is a big Tory failure. Of course, they lost a lot of seats. Um, my the, What I've noticed is that the response from within the Tory party is like a bit of a yearning for the Tory right again, though. So I don't know if there is. I think from, from, from afar, from people like us who are sane and not Tories, uh, we look at it and we go, oh, yeah. This is definitely not Sunak's fault, right? He could not have won this. This was going to be the result no matter who was in charge of the Tories right now. It is Boris, it is Truss, it is the uh, extremist Tories who tanked the nation that made this vote happen. But because Sunak was in charge at the time of it, the Tory rights, the the the, the critics and the skeptics within the Tory party are like, oh no, we should just try again. Put us back in charge. So I think they're actually going to try again, okay. try to get back in charge and do the same stuff again and maybe get a chance to tank the nation even more if they manage to like wield power and influence over Sunak. So it's, this is a bad night for the Tories, but depending on what the Tories do, that could actually be a bad night for all of us sure. because it's quite a while until the next election. They've got a lot of time to do damage, cause harm and try to look powerful to build up their, their momentum. On the back of that, there's three points I want to make. Number one is that the Labour shadow cabinet member, Peter Kyle, uh, said that this was... In fact, no, he denied that this was just an anti-government 
election rather than a pro-Labour election. And I would say he's wrong because this, to me, was an anti-government election. Point number two is this was from the BBC's political editor, Chris Mason. He said the results suggest it would be hard for either the Tories or Labour to be properly confident of winning a majority at the general election based on the results. That's fair. And the third one is the point you've just made, which is if Rishi Sunak, and when he calls an election, he has... Legally, until January 2025 to call it. Yeah. So, if, as some people have suggested, it's going to be late 2024, that's like, in theory, 18 months away. That's a long time. Long time. For the Tories to start gaining ground again. So, I'm not someone who's. I mean, sure, it's great to see these results and people like the Lib Dems and the Greens and Labour making some sort of headway and the Tories getting kicked out as so they should. Yeah, local government is really important, so great. But get rid of the Tories. It's, there's so long to go before we actually get to a general election, so I am uh, not catching my hens before they chicken. Absolutely. Not catching any hens. It's it's a scary time. I, I am worried what the Tories are going to do to try and look impressive because they are going to come out of this with... With that goal in mind, they've got to try and recapture the their voters. And there's not much they can do except, like, try to leave Europe harder and make make people more scared of, yeah. of the trans the trans individuals. Oh, boy, those evil transes. Uh, that's about it, really. What's, what else is in the Tories' playbook? Oh, and immigration. Sorry, I forgot about the small yeah, votes. On. So there's, like, there's a couple of targets. There's not many. So they're just going to do those bad things, but but worse which isn't a lot of time to really mess things up. And if we have a Labour Party whose strongest response is things like, oh, no, 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 no. We won't undo any of the damage the Tories are doing. We just won't add to it. Yeah, we just won't make it worse. That's not inspiring either. Just before we move on, I want to talk about the ID, the identity checks that were required for this election. Now, we have briefly talked about this before, but I finally had a full understanding of how this worked. Okay. Uh, just this last week explained to me, and I'm looking at, at it here. So there were these mandatory voter ID checks introduced by the Conservatives, costing nearly £200 million to, to solve the really big problem of voter fraud in the A UK. non-existent <laughs> problem of electoral fraud. So there's just so in the much last, of it. There's like six cases. <laughs> right. In the last five years, there have been nine convictions oh, wow. for electoral fraud and six cautions. <laughs> and they got caught. Yeah. So, <laughs> they got caught. <laughs> so that is over the last, uh, since 2018. And then yeah. the ID, which was being allowed. Okay, here's the ID, which the is allowed. The list of IDs, yeah. You're allowed your, your blue badge. You're allowed your mm-hmm. old person's free bus pass. You're also allowed, of course, your passport, driving license, blah, blah, blah. But... The classics, yes. Even though, yeah, your old person's bus pass, uh, your Oyster 60 Plus card was also allowed. Mm-hmm. Another old person one. Isn't that weird? All, all these ones which were allowed. However, a young person's Oyster card... Yeah, no, 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 no. And a young person's uh, 16 to 25 real card, not allowed. No, 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 no. They're not old. <laughs> and apparently the reason for that is because uh, it might confuse people oh. if certain younger documents are allowed um, as well as the older ones. So they wanted to make a clear distinction oh. because younger st- student ideas are, are, are more likely to be electronic. Mm-hmm. So therefore, that's why they weren't allowed. Yes, very confusing. That's the reason they mm-hmm. gave. It's very would have been horribly hard to implement. And nothing to do with the fact that typically older people vote conservative and will likely have these forms of ID. 
and younger people won't. Especially since one of them is just given out for free. <laughs> it's really transparent what they were attempting to do, and I'm glad like, that even though, sure, it might not be the full shebang, yeah. it seemingly failed to work in the way they wanted it to. As far as we know. Well, yeah, it didn't save them from a complete loss at the at the vote, vote at the vote, right? They did still lose the vote, also, but they did just implement this with a target in mind. Also, polling staff were allowed to deny someone the vote if the photograph was not a good likeness. Ah, hmm. right. That's great. So uh, yeah, that was um, that's what's happening in England. It's it's a very suspicious thing. It would be great if Labour could come out and say we want to get rid of this. Um, I don't know if they have. I'd be surprised if they have. Um, but the fact that that it's just the Tories solving a non-existent problem by spending a bunch of money, and obviously being being biased for a certain solution, is a problem. Oh, and also, you weren't allowed any face coverings in the polling stations either. That's just great. Um, that's that's really good in an in a yeah. ongoing pandemic, especially. Um, Again, sorry, before you continue, it, is there anyone out there who is, in the face of all this evidence, still arguing that voter suppression is clearly not a thing that the Conservatives are doing? I don't, I haven't, because it's surely. factually not, it's indefensible. Surely you've got to recognise the they're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, ah. I don't know. It's what we expect from the Tories. They're, 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 they're in the American playbook now. For sure. Like they, they really are just following the Republican line of attacking people, making it harder to vote, and they're going to keep trying to do these things. Um, I do believe that it should be easy enough for people to get access to some form of ID to vote. However, that requires things like access to the information to know how which requires things like maybe the internet which a lot of people don't have because it's not universal here and it's not guaranteed here there's, there's just there's steps that make it harder for certain demographics to guarantee themselves id and easier for other demographics to guarantee themselves id but if you don't have some form of valid id look into it because voting matters and j- just because it's a little more difficult now doesn't mean you shouldn't be doing it uh, i've also been looking at this thread of what a labor government would do and it's the very first issue is they would keep their anti-protest laws exactly that, instigated by the tories like but following on to that by the way is further points like for example not taxing the wealthiest in our society yeah uh, keeping Public services in private hands, right. uh, keeping tuition fees, tagging migrants with GPS. That was based Holy. on a Keir Starmer comment. <laughs> no way. Uh, keeping some forms of conversion therapy. Uh, no, yeah, just the trans people, though. <laughs> and uh, no freedom of movement as well as attacking unions. So, yeah, Labour... Labour uninspiring. Lost their way. What's happened, and it's not... like Let's not get too historical here, but what happened is that when new Labour came along... All the parties agreed we are all going to be neoliberal economically. Our economic policies are going to align. And that's when our democracy lost all hope of progression. Because if all the parties have basically the same fundamental agreements on how the economy works, there is just going to be all the disadvantages of that form of economy running rampant. So because they all agreed on liberal market, free market, letting corporations do what they want, we we are never going to see improvement to those issues and then it just leaves all the parties with their gates open to embrace the rest of the flaws of society because it's just who can make the best case for their version of bad society rather than actually arguing with each other over anything that's useful speaking of labor i did see that they've they've released a list of things uh, of groups 
are associations that if you sign up for them, you will get booted as a Labour member. Nice. So if you're a Labour member listening to the, the podcast, check that list out. Make sure that, you know, you don't want to just leave Labour because the list is pretty bad. It's just, it's just not an encouraging list for the Labour Party to be evicting people based on. Genuine question, though. What's the alternative? Is it is it attempting wow. to support Greens, Lib Dems? Okay. Well, the Lib Dems are the same in terms of they've got the same economic policy. So as far as I care, right? there's no way to tackle the inequality in the UK without having a completely different view on the, the economy. And therefore, any any party who's just like, no, nah, the economy is kind of fine. It's the implementation of the smaller things. That's that's a waste of a vote. Um, I, 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 Well, not a waste of a vote. Sorry, you should vote for any party that is the least bad if you have to vote between parties. Um, but no, it's getting involved in smaller, smaller levels of government and trying to push for voices that say different things. So it could be someone who represents the Greens in your constituency voting for them for your council. So they get a say on the council. It could be somebody who votes at a lower level. And it, there's not much we can do as individuals, but what we can do is, 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 is in our area more than in our nation. We have to focus smaller to start with. But no, no, no. The, the Lib Dem is trash. Uh, the Greens, economically, I don't actually know. They don't really talk about the economy so much compared to, you know, the environment, which is great. They should they should talk about the environment. But what we really need is a party just to say, like, we're, we've got a structurally broken economy and we need to completely fix the way it works. Okay, James, let's uh, take a sideways step to entertainment and stuff before we finish up with some actual news. Okay. Which, you know, changing the pace here Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. on uh, Seesaw Parade, this evolving behemoth. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, let's talk about what we've been watching. I have two movies and a TV show. I mean, I I feel like I finished something, but I've completely forgotten. Oh, no, I also did. I did do a rewatch of something. I'll do a. I'll, you also do have the, the the TV show that we'll talk about in, in depth. I'm sure. Oh yeah, you've put the TV show that I finished on the list. All right, yeah. I've got. I rewatched the thing. I can talk about it really briefly as well. Cool, cool, cool. cool. Okay, I, I'm going to start this yes. one with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Ah, I've not watched it. Which, well, it's only it's only been out for like a, a week, so a couple, a couple of days. Yeah, I'd be impressed if you had. This is for anyone who is uh, being under a rock. This is the latest Marvel movie. Yeah, it's the third in the Guardians of the Galaxy franchise, Yay. but of course they've been in loads of movies themselves. Ragtag group of ragamuffins with the likes of Chris Pratt and Dave Bautista, Zoe Saldana, Palm Clemente, loads of people. So yeah, that's the gist of it. Essentially, it's tying a nice little bow okay. on this franchise. You've also got, of course, Vin Diesel as Groot and Bradley Cooper as Rocket. Yes. If you've seen any of the trailers, you would know or you'd get the idea that the focus of this movie is Rocket. And that is accurate. So it goes more into his backstory. And without going into any spoilers, it basically tells you where he came from and who his creator was. It's got to be incredibly sad. It's got to be just depressing, surely. As you can imagine, yeah, it is sad. And some of the scenes are, even for like a 12A pretty nasty so yeah oh okay that is what the gist or the focus of the movie is and essentially the uh, guardians have to go and track down said creator Ah, and give him his comeuppance and save the galaxy once again okay so right in terms of where it ranks in the marvel lore Mm -hmm. and particularly on a run of 
pretty middling Marvel movies. This one's at the higher end. So hey, they brought it back. They they did, and I believe they spent they must have spent more time getting it right. So here's here's the one thing I would say where it felt like the writers recognized they had jumped the shark with Drax. We've talked before about <gasps> how they just made Drax into a total idiot. And look, there, there are still elements of idiot Drax in this movie, but there are flashes ah. where they are clearly time to trying, trying desperately to recapture <laughs> the the warmth and the Please. just how fun the very first oh. iteration of Drax was. Man, I miss that but character. Look, it's it is flashes. It's not the entire way through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also oh. what this movie does have is is real heart. So it's been a while since a Marvel movie has really made me feel things other than Black Panther 2, and that was because it really was leaning into an actual okay, yeah, yeah, real-life yeah, yeah, tragedy yeah, yeah. of Chadwick Boseman. But this one, it's based, you know, the sadness and the emotion is based entirely on the characters okay, yeah. and the journeys that they've been on for the last few years. And genuinely, feelings is good. there are a couple of moments in the, in the movie where I, I didn't cry, but I was definitely feeling like, oh, that's, that's quite sad. So right. it does tick that box on that regard. And look, it's Marvel. So there are some really terrible jokes. There are some mildly entertaining jokes. The action's nice. Acting, generally, fine. And they have tied enough bows on it that, okay. as a story, it feels complete, yeah. but they could still revisit it again in future. So, uh, yeah. look, if you if you enjoy Marvel movies, you want to see how this uh, troop of characters end their story or this chapter of their story, then, yeah, you could do worse. I- I'm not sure it's better than either one or two, but it's oh. it's still of a very good standard. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, I think two, I'm warming up. I hated it when it first came out. I think I'm warming up to it as time goes yeah, on. Yeah, likewise, hated, hated two when it came out, but actually over time it has, particularly the arc with Yondu, does, yeah, does but, work nicely. So look, it's still uh, yeah. good quality. It's a far cry from the mess of the likes of Ant-Man, Quantumania, oh, or man. Doctor Strange 2. It's still not classic iconic excellent marvel but it's it's fine it's fine and it's enjoyable a step in the right direction we had this little silver shining outline in the cloud of just bad marvel and i'm <laughs> expecting bad marvel to return we can no, talk about so that, here's maybe. the thing i believe that they've recognized hold on a second we have hit a sticky patch we need to try harder and we were focused on quantity rather than quality and now they've recalibrated they did talk about they did talk about reducing the total quantity indeed which yes. which is good so I, I believe this is a, a maybe they'd started filming or scripting and then they were like oh hold on a second these current movies are being really badly received let's yeah. actually okay. try and make these characters fully fleshed out so it, it works to an extent not my f- yeah. favorite marvel movie by any stretch but no, still okay. a nice time yeah, it's, it's cool, because Guardians, people didn't really believe was going to be good. It's, it's nope. nice that it has actually been relatively good the whole time. And it's a it's a flexible, like, sub-umbrella in the in the franchise. Where in, like, the Guardians of the Galaxy, they could just get a whole new crew and just do another three films of completely different crew. And then sure. keep the familiar faces around for whatever projects happen to align with their different stories, you know? So, yeah, there's flexibility there. It could be good for the future but no it's, it's nice hearing that maybe this is actually worth seeing because i've been getting into skip all the films mm. mode for a while with marvel okay shall we talk about the tv show that we and you have finally finished we and you indeed we finished 
Last of Us. Yes, The Last of Us. For those of you who are unaware, this is the acclaimed PS4 game, mm-hmm. which has now become a TV show. It's streaming on now. Also on Sky, Pedro Pascal in the main role, Bella Ramsey playing the teenage girl role of Ellie. James, what was your thoughts on the season? I thought that if you played the game... Which I did. TV show, probably didn't need to see it, but if you like TV, it would be worth watching. Because it didn't really... I think for anyone who's a fan of the game, but maybe doesn't like TV, it would have done nothing. Okay. However, I also think it's probably one of the best game adaptations we've seen. I agree. In film or TV, like, at least for a very long time. I don't remember what else would be. Like, the Sonic movie, kind of, (laughs) for different reasons. Is that a similar level of, like, just a good adaptation? Yes, so. You know, things like that. Not very high bar. Exactly. It's not a high bar. And then to get a serious HBO-level show out of it, even though it did feel a little bit like COVID lockdown TV at some times. Sure. Uh, it was really cool. So overall, very pleased. So my take on this was I was glad it was a TV show rather than a movie because if it was a movie, oh, yeah. they would have done it such a disservice. But actually sticking pretty faithfully to the game and... Oh, I think they, they should have done more episodes. It still drove through things a bit fast. Sure. Like, for example, when it was on the last episode, I was almost a bit surprised that we were suddenly going to get a full episode of a conclusion yeah. and set up season two all in the space of like 45 minutes. So, yeah, I agree. They, they couldn't yeah. stretch it out longer. It was only nine episodes. Yeah. So I, I did like it a lot. And I also liked the fact that they fleshed out a lot more than the game was able to show you. For example, the characters yeah. of Bill and oh. his paramour, whose name escapes me right now, which... David? I don't know. Steve? I can't remember. Anyway, whole episode as well. devoted to these two, and it was it was beautiful. It was lovely. Really touching stuff. That episode was my favourite one. I'm show. sure that episode will likely win an Emmy or... Or similar, it has it has to win, yeah. So yeah, that was that was like when I realized, oh, like so this is one of the only instances where it's like even the game, the game players would have got something completely new because they just invented a whole episode of TV just for these two characters, yep, to push the plot along, not very much, just to just to help the the main cast kind of make progress a little bit, and it was a worthwhile, very artistic and really emotional oh for sure episode of tv just really well written tv so it was it was incredible to see that kind of thing come out of a a game adaptation i think one of the key things is that they just had the game writer as the main writer for the show so makes a huge difference (laughs) that kind of helps a lot (laughs) when you've actually got yeah the the main guy helping the, the the show but also props to nick offerman aka ron swanson from parks and rec yeah playing the role of bill who was uh, you know, initially when I saw him, I, I thought, really, Ron, Ron Swanson playing this role? Uh, but my goodness. Orange libertarian, Robert Ron Swanson. Yeah. Again. Give him all the awards. I thought he was fantastic. So Frank. His partner's called Frank. <laughs> I don't I, I thought the show was great. I did have a couple of issues with some of the set pieces. Yes. You mentioned this early in, oh, it must have been weeks ago when you first started it. There was a couple Ages of... Ages ago since I did my first complaint. Sure. There was a couple of scenes where Pedro Pascal, who, by the way, I thought was phenomenal, as was Bella Ramsey. Really, really good stuff. They were but fabulous, But there yes. were parts where he's, like, sniping. The sniper scene, that's the one I was talking about. <laughs> right. The sniper <laughs> the scene street. where basically he's tracking this 14-year-old girl who's evading all these zombies and somehow 
he manages this like perfect zigzag series of maybe a dozen headshots in a row. Right. And it just did seem a little bit too almost stagey. Yeah, there was yeah. The, almost theatrical. The, the, even before that was like the truck. Rather than what, what I felt the show was doing really well, which was staying grounded and realistic up until that point. Yeah, like that whole that whole action scene was one of the main ones I just did not like at all because like the, the truck going on rails and, and the main characters kind of like running slowly away from it forwards in, a, in the same direction as the truck was going. Yeah, fair enough. All the way through to the end, it's just through these miraculous uh, gunshots and really lucky escapes and all sure. of that. It did just feel a little bit unreal, very gamey, but it is a game adaptation. And in the game, yep. the character is getting away with a whole lot more because he's got like a whole health bar. He's getting shot a bunch, you know? It's true. So yeah, it's a balance of, of real and unreal. And I think I, I had to put in my game brain a little bit sometimes. Yeah, there, there was, I saw complaints that uh, there weren't enough of the undead fungus Not enough mushroom zombies. Oh, come on. Mushroom people, but... The, the the writer who you've referenced there, whose name escapes me right now, he said, if you go through the game, Pedro Pascal's uh, Joel, his sorry, the name of his character is Joel, his kill count at the end of the game is something like 200. Yeah. And so he said, well, sorry, we, we can't have this single person killing 200 people on screen in this TV show. It's just not, it's just not possible. It's just, yeah, it wouldn't be as real. Games have to have that action to make the, make it for, a game. For it, sure. Otherwise it would just be a TV show on a, on a, in a disc. Yeah. So if you, if you're liking your high class HBO, well-made TV shows, then yeah, try The Last of Us. Give it a shot. Yeah, it's, it's really, it's really well done. I, I could talk about it a lot more, um, but overall, like the production quality was just impressive. The, the uses of actual stage and scenery combined with the VFX was was bringing us beyond the more recent just everything's on the volume level of TV that we've been seeing. For sure. Okay, very briefly from me before I pass over to you and then we get to our book review. I have also seen in cinemas oh. Dungeons and Dragons just, Honor Among Thieves. Just straight off the bat, I'm sorry. Was it good? Yes. Yes, yes it was. Oh, thank you. So this is Chris Pine. In the lead role, Michelle Rodriguez, otherwise uh, known from her Fast and Furious roles, as well as Hugh Grant playing uh, the villain yeah. in this movie. And I tell you what, like it's it's over two and a quarter hours, maybe two hours ten long. It's a good chunk. They spent $150 million on it, but actually it's a good time. Ah, it's fun. So happy. I probably, in fact, I did laugh more at this movie than I did Guardians. I'm not surprised. And the, here's the only thing. Because I've never played D&D, I don't know the references, uh, what D&D yeah. fans would think about it. But the re- reception, certainly from what I've seen from D&D fans, is that it's like, yeah, it's, it's fun. You know, it does a lot of things that are nods to the players that actually people who are brand new to it won't have noticed. And actually, it doesn't really matter to them anyway, because it's a minor detail. So yes, I feel like they got a lot right in terms of making the fan base enjoy the movie, but also making it accessible for people who just want to jump into nice. some sort of it's great to hear. Science, uh, science fiction. No, like medieval fantasy. fantasy that's a fantasy action movie. It's essentially a heist movie with of course, uh, of course, yes. nice writing. It's got a bit of a heart. And Hugh Grant just chewing scenery for days. He looks like he's having the time of his life. And yeah, I enjoyed it. So look, if this comes out in streaming, which it probably will go on Disney+, Plus, yeah. chuck it on in the background. I'm sure you'll have a fun time. That is so good. Because I remember watching the trailer and it immediately set me up for so much disappointment. 
because like I was like, no, but, but it looks it <laughs> like a looks, World of Warcraft movie from a few yeah, years ago. Yeah, because because it does. It just looks like it's actually going to be a good film. And then so lots of times that's just a trailer and it lies to you. And I'm invested in this as, as a thing, so it's really cool. I, I hope they make more. Although I have seen that maybe the box office hasn't been too great, which isn't that surprising. Uh, Maybe like it, it might be one of those ones that does well on streaming or yeah exactly. Uh, I, we could say DVDs, but maybe not DVDs anymore. However, it has made back its budget. But when you chuck in like marketing yeah. costs, then yeah, they're probably still some way short of it. So we'll we'll we will see. But it was a good time. I hope they make more. Like I want to see this. Yeah. Right. Anything else that you have seen, Colin? I rewatched the entire Hobbit trilogy. Interesting. Why? Because I was like, it was on my streaming services, and I was like, is it as bad as I remember? <laughs> so I watched it all, and it was worse than I remember. It was yeah, actually worse. Yeah, it's aged poorly already. Oh dear. I, or I thought the films were pretty bad, and I watched it again. It's like, oh no, these are terrible. Okay. I still, I think the first one's the best because it still had some character. Okay. Before they just completely lost all character as well as quality. It was ins- it was almost insultingly bad at times. There's a moment in the first film where they use like the Nazgul music from the Lord of the Rings at a completely irrelevant moment, and I actually got insulted. I was like, "Hang on, no! Why did you do that? It didn't make. I didn't get it. Maybe they know why. I couldn't. I couldn't get it. Um, just the the like. I just wish they made because they had such a good cast for the for the for the dwarves for for uh, for Bilbo, of course, for Gandalf. They could have done so much of that cast and the characters, but they just kind of just didn't. Yep, and it was just bad. And then there was some. I, I, if you remember, there's a barrel sequence on the river. It's one of the some, worst I can remember. There's some yeah. GoPro footage in there. Is there the GoPro footage looks even worse now yeah yeah oh they just strapped some gopros on things in a river and we're like put that footage in as well because gopros are cool and we're we're innovative oh dear i don't know i i was surprised that that i actually thought that because i thought i'm 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 wiser now i'm older i've got more patience for things i can enjoy things that are no i couldn't enjoy it i just didn't fair enough they were just bad and the whole thing's a scam there's some very good video essays on like why the films were just not well, not well made. They were they were bad for the actors. They were True. bad for the area. Bad for the, yep. like unions and all of these things. So yep. I just wanted to revisit that whole thing and try and get a better picture of what this mess was. Mainly because I wanted to see if it was bad, but also because Lord of the Rings is getting made again pretty soon. I guess yeah, it's, but it's definitely going to happen. So. I wanted to see what the worst was. I don't want to think like it, it could be really terrible if based off of all the all the most recent Lord of the Rings stuff that's come out. Well, put it this way: my expectations for Rings of Power were high because I knew how much Amazon were spending on it, how much care they were going to put into getting it right, and then of course the TV show came out and it was a um, total mess. So my faith in a remade cheap. Lord of the Rings, which by the way, why do they even need to do that in the first place? They only came out twenty Money. years ago. But money. I mean, other than money. But still, <laughs> I have very little faith in them maintaining any sort of good level of remake, considering how poor The Hobbit was. Yeah. Anyway, dear listener, if you have seen a TV show, a movie, or even a book, yeah. as we're about to hear from Anthony, send it to us, seesawparade at gmail.com, and it can be written form, audio form, whatever you like. Here's Anthony reviewing Young Mungo. Hi, Seesaw Parade. This week, I'm reviewing a book for a change. Nice. I recently finished Douglas Stewart's second novel, Uh Young Mungo, which came out last year and drew many eyes to bookshop displays um, with its cover of an iconic, passionate kiss shared between two young men. I mean, that's certainly how I noticed it walking past a Waterstones down Princess Street one day. So 
this eye-catching, slightly controversial, early noughties photograph that was borrowed for the cover is meant to capture, obviously, the unmistakable intimacy of a kiss, as well as the authentic, unfiltered reality of spontaneous, sweaty, even stubbly passion. Mm -hmm. I dwell on this image, even though this is an auditory medium, because it speaks to the overall story of this coming-of-age novel, Young Mungo. Yes. Well, there is certainly not as much physical passion as the cover might suggest. That's acceptable. The story tells the authentic, unfiltered reality facing these two Protestant and Catholic Glaswegians growing up in the 90s. Mm. Douglas Stewart's writing is so beautiful. He crafts the story with two timelines that meet at the end of the book, before and after an unknown pivotal moment. Hopping between the timelines keeps the reader engaged throughout the novel, especially after the setting and characters are firmly established. I will strongly warn anyone who has passed trauma with abuse to avoid or Ah. cautiously approach this novel. I went into it without any prior knowledge, and I was surprised by how much it affected me during those handful of of chapters. Even with these gut-wrenching scenes, though, by the end of this book, the reader really falls in love with the title character, Mungo Hamilton. Reading his interior monologues where he's conflicted about being gay and and wondering what he did to turn out that way are both heartbreaking Mm -hmm. and relatable to any person struggling with their sexuality. While I certainly judge this book by its eye-catching cover, (laughs) I wound up loving this story more for the authentic, unfiltered reality captured by Douglas Stewart's writing. I could definitely see this being turned into a limited series such as Channel 4's Normal People. If you've given this book a read, let me know your thoughts. Thanks. So that was Young Mungo by Anthony. Also, that cover sounds... Um, I can see why it caught your eye. Uh, it certainly would uh, catch my eye too. Yeah, no, it sounds, it sounds like, a, like, a, like a book that's handling something really well. And something that a lot of books that I've been... Like a lot of newer books I've been reading just don't seem to. And I think it's just the quality of writing thing or quality of what's available thing. Because a lot of the books I've been reading lately where they're handling like uh, uh, trauma or intimacy or whatever, as discussed in the previous review, are just not good. And yep, um, I think it's uh, there's a bit of a, a trend towards just trying to write things for like in a TV feel. Um, in certain genres that isn't working for me. Um, so maybe you got to read more books like this that are just kind of written to be books rather than kind of written to be popular, I guess. But those aren't free at the library because nobody's demanding those. So I, go- I don't get to read them. <laughs> okay. Well, segueing nicely from writing books onto just writing things. Right. Uh, let's talk about the writer strike. So ah. the last time this happened was, I think, 2008, 2009, where... The WGA, this yeah, union lost, in died. the states, uh, they all the, all the writers went on strike due to yeah essentially terms, pay, and conditions, and loads of shows just had weird endings. They had really terrible episodes. Some of them, some of the shows went on hiatus. Chat shows had no writers, so you had some talk show hosts spinning their wedding rings for fifteen minutes to see how long they could make it last for. <laughs> and now they've gone on strike again. Yes. So this means uh, it's now been over a week. The coming Game of Thrones prequel has been halted. Production on Stranger Things final season has been paused. Marvel and this stuff is, is because pausing. yep, thousands of film and TV writers in Hollywood are 
picketing and holding signs. Picketing. They're actually blocking productions, which is so good. Well done. Yeah. Um, so this is the Writers Guild of America, the WGA. Yes. And uh, there seems to be a lot of support for them from actors and actresses, but ultimately they're not the ones who are holding the purse strings, are they? Yeah. Is there going to be support from sh- uh, shareholders and people who make a bunch of money off of their work and don't pay them fairly? Probably not, because uh, well, they would make less money if they paid everyone in the industry fairly. It's the same thing as you see for like VFX uh, houses or, or animation places. It's the people who are seen as doing the grunt work are just not paid for fairly. Uh, in, the, in these like multi hundreds of million uh, profit industries, you know, um, I hope that they get a good deal. What's happening is that uh, streaming services and uh, TV these days, they're trying to make all the, all the writing, like contract writing. So there's going to be no uh, good permanent jobs for anyone to have, which obviously isn't good for the writers. Yep. They're trying to pay them not enough, obviously. They're trying to replace more people with AI to do writing, which yeah. writing was already getting a bit bad in some of these shows, and I can't imagine how much less uh, quality it would get if it was just an AI bashing out scripts uh, and picking the picking from those to decide what to, to run with. Um, but I like I don't. It's, it's one of those things. Like they, these underpaid people is a symptom of the the economy. It's a symptom of our of our, our national or our, our global policies. So they got to fight the fight now. But they'll be fighting again in ten twenty years once the exploitation is ramps up to the same level again because inflation, like basically. Uh, but no, this is what I was referencing earlier. I wasn't saying Marvel are going to get bad again because they've they've lost sight of the of of, uh, uh, of the of the ball. I think they're going to get bad again for a little bit because we're in another writers strike. That is true. And the last time we had one of these, things got bad for a couple of years in terms of writing quality. So they did. Uh, if you really enjoyed the shows that came out of lockdown and and strained production, uh, then I, I you're going to be in luck. You're going to get another couple of years of that now because of a writers strike, which is good. It's yeah good. The best example, by the way of the effects of the previous writer's strike is the near-incoherent James Bond film Quantum of Solace. Oh, yeah. Which was finished after a first draft. Like, the draft was done, and then they all went on strike, and the production thought, okay, we are shooting this movie. And sure enough, this movie came out. It's a total mess. It's among the worst Bond films of all time. Yeah. And that's what happens when you um, don't have any writers. But they're all going to get replaced by AI and we're going to get iterative stuff forever now. Yay. Hooray. Well, sticking with the creative arts before we move on to some trailers, Ed Sheeran has won his uh, second court case in two years where he's been accused of plagiarism. <laughs> yeah. So first of all, he was uh, accused by some sort of London grime artist that he copied paid his uh, 2015 song that no one ever heard of and Ed Sheeran won that one and then this week he was accused and he'd been in court in the States accused of copying Let's Get It On by Marvin Gaye but as he demonstrated basically the same chord progression he used in the song is used in literally thousands of other songs because there's only so many chords and melodies you can play because there's only 12 notes in the scale and uh, yeah so he then won he hugged his attorneys and basically said well, thank goodness for that, because uh, otherwise I was going to quit. I mean, you'd have to. So, uh, James, that's what's um, been happening. You will still keep on making the the tunes for the masses. That's the less important part for me. The more important, obviously, part is the fact that chord progressions are still not getting copyrighted properly. You know, 
Because we'd be very limited. Oh, hold on. <laughs> Just to be clear, you're not defending the fact that he won. No, wait. What are you, what's your no, position No, no, he won and that's fine. I just don't care about Ed. What I'm really happy about is the fact that chord progressions are still safe, you know? Right, right. This okay, whole yeah, lawsuit enough. was based around the idea of a chord progression being like someone's. Yes. And if we could all just possess a chord progression, there would not be much music any ever, more ever again, any, nope. anytime nope. soon, you know, until we just dismantled the legal system. <laughs> that is true. So, yeah, you're right, because that could have been, uh, could have set a scary precedent. Had, that would have been a very bad precedent. Had, uh, yes, this chord progression been copyrighted as Marvin Gaye's. But it was not. And, you know, I'm willing to allow Ed Sheeran to keep making music. If the, if, if that's the cost of having chords, then Ed can keep on doing his thing. That's okay. Okay. Let's uh, talk about a couple of trailers. First of all, Dune, back on the show for the first time in about a year. Yeah. And part two is coming out later this year, and we have a trailer. Here's a clip. It's breathtaking. Oh, my. When you see sand here, imagine water. If you dive in, you can't reach the bottom. You dive in. Yes, it's called swimming. <laughs> I don't I don't believe you. Have you ever had a dream about your first ride? Don't try to impress anyone. You're brave, we all know that. Be simple. Be direct. Oh my indeed. Oh my. What do you think? I am excited already. Likewise. Just can't, it, surely it can't go wrong. They got the first part right. No, I mean, you know, that was the questionable one. They got the, they have to have got the second part right. I'm, I'm just, I, I just cannot wait to see it. It's going to be good. So here's, I talked about my lack of faith in the likes of Amazon or anyone who remakes Lord of the Rings. The antithesis of that, the total opposite, is Denny Villeneuve. Because True. everything he touches, I love oh, he is Lord of the Rings. he is such a good filmmaker and everything he's done i have thought has been splendid yes right back and to some of his early work but even more recently prisoners so arrival so blade runner 2049 so dune part one so good. all phenomenal movies and so i am very confident that even though yeah sure it's a trailer i didn't really give much away part two is going to be just as good yeah it looks like they've got they've, they're introducing some new characters. They've got some of them basically yep. book perfect. They've got other ones that they've had to make some changes to the character on page to make it work in the film. And I get that. Um, I won't spoil anything. Um, so there is a little bit of a reveal in the trailer, especially for people who know the story and who have read it. Um, but overall, it's just a very very promising look. And, and one of the only question marks was that he was working, Villeneuve was working with a different cinematographer for this film. Oh, all right. Uh, but it looks like they've just kind of captured a very high quality cinematography vibe still, which is not surprising. Um, at least I think they were. Um, maybe I'm wrong. Um, but <laughs> the look didn't look like they got any, made any, any mistakes if they did uh, pass the baton on. So it's just, it's just looking promising. It, it's, I'm very excited. I am listening to June again for like the third time in audiobook form in the last couple of years. I am hooked. Okay, well also talking of auteurs that we are big fans of, well, somewhat, Christopher Nolan. His new movie. Ah uh, yeah, I like him in theory. Yeah, is out in July. It's called Oppenheimer. Yes. It's his follow-up to Tenet, which was the much maligned movie and rightly so from the pandemic. Uh, yeah. And this mm -hmm. is a trailer. Here we go. We're in a race against the Nazis. I know what it means. 
if the Nazis have a bomb. They have a 12-month head start. 18. How could you possibly know that? We've got one hope. All America's industrial might and scientific innovation connected here. A secret laboratory. Keep everyone there until it's done. I heard the dialogue. That's promising. <laughs> so I was reading an interview recently. For anyone who's uh, unsure of what we're talking about here, if you watch the movie, particularly Interstellar, yes. but also Tenet, yes. and, and Dunkirk as well. Turn the subtitles off. The most recent movies from Christopher Nolan, some of the dialogue is flat out unintelligible. Or like Batman with Bane. But it turns out, apparently, he he did it intentionally. He says he did it intentionally. He says he did it intentionally. Now, I have no idea why you would make dialogue unintelligible, but yeah, subtitles. However, this time, maybe he's learned his lesson. And rather than Hans Zimmer falling asleep on his organ, yeah, which we certainly did for both Tenet and Interstellar. He probably does at some point. I bet the film gets loud and dialogue gets lost. I bet it does. Oh, I'm sure. Bring the earplugs. But yeah, what do you think of the trailer? The trailer looks very good. I think I think this is a chance for Nolan to kind of recapture what he's actually very good at with films. I think when he does these lower level ideas that are just a story of a big moment, he does it really well. And films like uh, uh, Interstellar or films like Tenet or films like Inception, they were very good while they were dealing with the smaller human-y stuff and they always kind of just lost it a little bit when executing the really difficult to execute concepts that he'd forced himself to have to figure out how to film and make work. So I don't think there's much space for that. Oh, I'm going to melt your brain in 5D in in this film. And therefore, he's not going to disappoint by not actually melting our brain okay. and only being in 3D, you know? Um so it should be great. So, so that to me is is the main take because the previous movies he's done, even like Inception, Memento, going back what twenty years, yeah, even these movies were always, as you've you've mentioned there, doing something which often had never been done or was being done on a yeah. huge scale when perhaps in the past had only been done in, in demo form. Yeah, this one because it's talking about what I believe is the creation of the first nuclear bomb. Yes. There's going to be less of this kind of slightly weird, is this really working for me, I'm not sure, thing yeah. that he's done for the last few movies. And that, to me, can only be a good thing. Yeah, the only thing, the only, sorry, the only thing he did differently with Dunkirk was that a lot of the sequences were out of order. Yeah, and that was a little unsettling, but, you know, no, he wasn't the first person to do that. They, all, they met at a climactic moment, so it kind of worked, kind of. But it's one of those things. It's like, for a lot of the films in this slate... You have to turn your brain on to enjoying the spectacle rather than investigating, trying to understand. you got to turn your brain off a little to fully enjoy them, at least for me. Whereas this one, it looks like maybe we won't have to do that because it's not going to have that abstract layer of fakery going on that he has to rely on because he don't get to do some of the things he wants to do without faking it. So, yeah, like he's really good. Uh, the fact that he said that thing about the dialogue is an indication for me that he's not as big of a genius as some people think, because that's just one of those lies. It's like when they filmed some Game of Thrones episodes way too dark, and they were like, oh, no, 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 no. That was intentional, because we want you to not see things. Because People arts, don't have their TV art. set to the right Make settings. Make your TV good, and then you'll enjoy the art better. It's just one of those things, like, you're out of touch with your audience at that point. So Nolan also out of touch with the audience on, 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 on dialogue scales, sometimes on execution methods. So this one, I think he's constrained enough that it will 
be one of his best. And it looks like it could be. Uh, I hope it is. I guess I'll just have to watch these really dark scenes on my new 65-inch Samsung OLED TV. I am raging. My TV is like 15 years old and not that large. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, James, let's finish up. Let's talk about some news in brief. And it has been a bad week if you're on the right in America. And we're going to start with Donald I mean, Trump. They're going to reject it. It's not going to make a difference to them. I know, I know. This is the story that a jury in a civil case has found the former president did yes. indeed sexually abuse a woman in a New York department store in the 1990s. So this was E. Jean Carroll, indeed. who had brought the case to trial in New York. Uh, there was uh, Trump did not do an in-person witness statement, but he did do a recorded deposition in which he mistook and it was bad. The, the person, uh, E. Jean Carroll, who had brought the uh, complaint to the court for his own wife. And that was yep. then used as, well, clearly Donald Trump did not know what on earth he was doing at this point in time. They also repeated his line from the 20, oh, 2005 Hollywood Access tape where he said that rich and famous people could grab women by the pussy. He then went and confirmed that that's still true, unfortunately or fortunately. Right. His, his, very, his very words. So, yeah, jury uh, said that Mr. Trump now owed her $5 million in damages. I doubt she'll see a penny of that. Well, she might, but it won't be his money. He'll just swindle it from his fans again. Um, yes. Ultimately, so Trump, of course, decried this as another witch hunt, yeah, witch the continuation hunt, blah, blah, yeah. of said witch hunt. Yeah, like it's a civil case. The 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 entry the the the, the bar to clear one of these trials is pretty high. So there must have been plenty of evidence against Trump. So it's not just a witch trial, right? It's not one of those things. But that's all he has to say, and his fans will just believe it, and the people who want him to succeed will just believe it. And especially because they can just go, oh, it's just a civil thing. It doesn't matter. But even if it was criminal, they would still do the same thing. They 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 don't have yeah uh, a like the goalposts that if Trump manages to you know score whatever the illegal goal would be like that they just shift the goalposts again they don't have it actually in concrete so hopefully he just keeps getting charged for all the all the things he's done the different crimes that he's committed throughout his entire life because there's so many of them and it's good to see some of them you know getting getting charged in different ways um but it's not it's not going to make a difference to his polling it's not going to make a difference to the people who like him uh, we are in cult mode, yeah. and the media that is on his side is going to remain on his side, and nothing will change. Okay, sticking I've, with... I've seen the denial already all over the internet. Okay, sticking with Republicans for the time being, George Santos, who is a current Republican congressman, has been arrested in New York on federal charges of fraud, mm. money laundering, and theft of public funds. Ah. So this is the 34-year-old who's been in the headlines for months because it turned out he lied on his CV, he lied yeah. on the campaign trail, he... Yeah said that he had graduated from these uh, from Berkeley, I believe, and he'd worked for these really high-profile banking companies. And turns out it was all entirely a lie. And he even then had some Republicans who were calling for him to resign because he said so many lies. And he said, no, I'm not going to do it. And now the... Um, 
the law has caught up to him. So 13 different counts yeah. uh, of criminal charges here, seven of which are wire fraud, three money laundering, and two of materially yeah. false statements being made to the House of Representatives. So Justice Department, catching up to Mr. Santos, is this the end? Uh, well... It should be. One, just just it's just charges, so you never know. Uh, but it is federal charges. you got to assume they got a lot of evidence before charging. Um, but two, speakers doesn't boot them. Speaker is going to look at the charges before making his mind up. Sounds pretty weak. He should just be gone. And hopefully these charges will, you know, do their job. And that there will be, you know, uh, I don't know, jail time, yeah. maybe? Huh? And that he'll lose all of his credibility, huh? maybe? He's not a good guy. The sooner we see him gone, the better. Absolutely. And talking of losing <laughs> all credibility, if he even had any in the first place, I mean, Stephen Crowder, again. the end has come. Because this is a video which showed the right-wing, the very popular right-wing figure, essentially emotionally and verbally abusing his eight-month pregnant wife. Uh, in the video, which while was smoking a cigar, indeed. Whilst it was taken from their like doorbell cam, he yeah says to his wife, who I believe is called Hillary. He says it's, he says it's edited footage, actually. Mm. <laughs> he is he shouts at his uh, eight month pregnant wife, Hillary. I will f you up. Uh, also says that she's unworthy and that she he doesn't love her. She needs to do her wifely duties better, Colin. She needs to be more yeah. worthy of being a wife, Colin. The entire uh, video abuse is <laughs> makes for some very poor viewing, and there was a lot of right-wing figures who then... It felt to me like they were waiting for their chance to come out and be like, actually, you know what? They, they were. Screw this yeah. guy. He's the worst. And this was the perfect chance for them to do it. Yeah, but that's, that's, that is so telling. Because they've got that dirt on everyone. All of these right-wing figures, they all hate each other, for sure. And they've all got the dirt in their little safes, ready to expose as soon as somebody loses their influence. But the fact that they don't just expose their, their bad their bad people um, colleagues for being bad people until then shows that they're also bad people. Anyone who sat on this stuff and just let Crowder develop his audience, harm the nation, just because it kept them uh, them in the profit too, is also bad. Um, Crowder, it is no surprise that he's just abusive to his spouse. And there are people saying that, oh, you can't make your decisions based off of one three-minute video that's taken out of context. But I'm sorry, there is no amount of context Absolutely. that would make abu the abuse that is going on in this video not abusive yeah. anymore. Well, Even if it turns out she is abusive too, he is still being abusive. You know, there is that level to it. What was really concerning for me was the amount of people who were commenting or perhaps retweeting the video with a comment of like, this just looks like a normal marriage to me. I, I worry <laughs> for all of those marriages. It's Absolutely, actually yeah. scary. Concerning. And I'm sure it isn't that un uncommon because there is this very flawed practice of like subservience in the household. And this idea of wifely duties isn't uncommon. And the man being the provider and the woman taking care of everything else, blah, blah, blah. And that is uh, like, sure, there are ways to do that that are healthy. I, I, I don't see them, but people say it's doable and I can trust some of those people to be doing it. Uh, but it is an avenue that leaves abuse as such an easy thing to happen. If you've got that level of power, power dynamic going on, if you've got that level of um, control in a marriage, the abuse is going to slip in at the drop of a pin because people are not by default, just 
kind of nice and all of those things. Yeah, yeah.、Uh, and especially in right wing circles, where currently we're seeing、uh, this idea of masculinity, this anger, this possession, all of these things being lauded and praised, where being harmful is seen as being powerful and strong and manly. Uh, it's obviously going to end up with loads of people in these kinds of marriages. So it's no surprise that when you see a video of Crowder coming out, the people are like, "Oh boy, this doesn't look so bad actually." Yeah, he, but it's 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 worrying. It is. In response to this, by the way, he said that he he's threatening to officially unseal all files regarding、oh, yeah. their ongoing divorce, which would include、uh, his wife's mental health records, her, her private mental health details. That's, that's not, what sane people that's do. That's not abusive either, you know. Like just <laughs> making public, yeah, like threatening your wife to make her all of her troubles public. Yeah, I, you know. To, like, to be clear, I have、uh, been aware of Steven Crowder because of people I know who watch him, and yeah,、same. I have seriously disliked the guy from the very start because he's a homophobe and has made. Homophobic jokes and racist jokes well, that we discussed and I've discussed with other people at length. Yeah, and for me, it was a a real case of Schadenfreude seeing this video come out because, yep, it's horrendous seeing someone treat another a, a wife, let alone a pregnant woman, like this. But part of me thought, well, it's about time. Like one of the one of the key things, like that, is really obvious for me is that he's unwilling to let her take a car as a. As a, as the pregnant woman has to go do all these chores for him because he's he's scheduled for surgery or something, a, an elective surgery that maybe would have helped his heart out, but it was mostly just an elective surgery that he could have scheduled for you know a year after the preg the, the birth you know when things are a bit more flexible.、Uh, but、sure. he's got so much money, why doesn't he have two cars? You don't if you've got a lot of money, you don't have those kinds of constraints in your relationship like a single car for the household,、mm -hmm. unless you want to use it as a tool of control. There is no reason. And he wouldn't. He wouldn't allow Ubers and stuff like that. He wouldn't allow. He's and like one of the other ones is that he's in, he's insisting that she gives medicine to the dogs, even though the, the the doctors are saying the medicine could harm her. He's just like put gloves on. It's like come on, mate, just give the dogs medicine. You're you've, you're capable.、And、he's just sat there, being angry, being smug, being controlling, smoking a cigar with the pregnant wife. All of these damaging things are just so. Inexcusable, regardless of how bad he he says she is as well. Okay, so two please, if your relationship looks like this at all, go to get counseling, please, because it's not good, it's not healthy, it's not normal. If you see this and you see yourself reflected in it, you need to fix the relationship now before it gets even worse. Plea number two, if you at any point have seen people like Crowder and found yourself. You know, agreeing with the way they live, thinking that they give good advice, thinking they're a good role model. Do some critical thinking. Just sit down,、yep. think about your priorities, think about what you think people are supposed to be like, because this is the kind of person that is popular on the internet right now, and we need to stop popularizing these people. And that is, I agree. An, and like, we can't do much again as individuals to make them not popular. Except not like them ourselves. Yeah, to me as well. It's as we've talked about before. You're unable to allow people to see, for example, that yeah, Stephen Crowder doing a video with Alex Jones, the person who denied that the Sandy Hook shooting even happened. Yeah. If if someone is still watching those videos and supporting Mr. Crowder, despite even just that one video's existence. Then you're unable to win those arguments. They have to come to that conclusion themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the the sad reality. You're unable to convince someone. Oh, actually, maybe this guy is a bad guy, is a bad person. Yeah, but no. 
it's like yeah, it, it really does suck that it takes until something like this coming out before anybody starts yeah, questioning yeah. A, a guy. And it, we we need to be getting it way further ahead of it. The Andrew Tates of the world, the Steven sure. Crowders of the world. We need to be better at just shutting them down. Okay, because they are harmful. Time is ticking away. Let's talk about this pilot, which is or was due to happen in Scotland. It may still happen. Right. Which is about juryless rape trials right. in this country. However, lawyers in Glasgow, Edinburgh, Aberdeen, Airdrie, Paisley, and others have now confirmed they are going to refuse to take part in the pilot. They've branded it dangerous. They've accused the Scottish government of political meddling. This mm-hmm. uh, was on the back of a recommendation from Scotland's second most senior judge right, yes, who yes, said, yes. we need to have judge-only rape trials because at the moment, if you go to court, there is a 90% conviction rate for all crimes. 90%. When it comes to rape, it's 1%. Okay. And we need to do something about that. Rape Crisis Scotland came out and, and said... And that something has to be no jury. Right. So Rape Crisis Scotland have said this is a good thing because at the moment guilty men are walking free. Right. But solicitors have said, no, we need to maintain juries of whether it's 12, it's 15 people and a majority verdict. So hmm. this is going to continue, but it's one which I've... It's it's a new suggestion for me. I've never considered this before. So well, I am i don't know where I sit on it. Yeah, it is, it's more complicated than it sounds because... It, yeah, you do sure. obviously want more people who have committed these acts to get the punishment they deserve and to be locked away until they are rehabilitated as well. You know, you want that justice for the victims and then also you want to make society safer by rehabilitating these 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 people. So the fact that the 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 turnover, I don't even know what, what to call it right, is so much lower in comparison to other trials. Conviction rate, yeah, sure. Uh, is the other types of trials is obviously a concern and we need to make this system better because in the UK it's, it's a lot we have a long history of um, not properly uh, investigating and convicting uh, sexual abuse charges and claims um, I think any way that you can improve the process is worth investigating I also think that if every lawyer in the country is willing to say this is wrong that maybe we should listen to them because i wouldn't know i i like i would i obviously i can't know all the details i'm not involved in the system if they think that there are other weaknesses that need to be targeted instead of just like getting rid of the jury i would happily listen to them i would like to know what else we need to do because obviously we need to improve the system i think anytime you're talking about the, your only goal being more charges is risky because that's what the Met does. The Met just likes getting everyone arrested, you know, and we don't like the Met. Right, right, right. Um, so it's important to have actual goals in mind of like correct convictions mm-hmm. being charged or correct charges being ended up in convictions. I, I'm getting my words mixed up. I, I know what you mean. Um, but like you say, it's, yeah, it is complex. I would be more willing to listen to all the lawyers than a judge and the government generally don't like it when the government is trying to change laws um, without the support of the legal system. So just on this point, (laughs) if I can come in, I can see why, as the Scottish government, and because, yet the figure of convictions is so low, and and frankly... Yeah, if if only one in a hundred rape trials are ending in a conviction, then clearly men who have done... Well, evil things, yeah. ...things wrong are walking free. That's, That's reality. So... 
I can understand why you'd want to increase the conviction rate. They need to improve the system. But I'm unconvinced that putting the power rather than in 15 people to weigh up uh, evidence and to come to a conclusion after discussion yeah. is, is worse than the opinion of one person. Yeah. I, Even I like- if they are, let's say, more highly educated or more intelligent, I would still... Uh, side with juries. I mean, that's the way that it's been decided for, well, for decades. It, depend, it depends on the trial, though, because there's there are there's loads of things that are tried in courts that just go to a judge. Right? That's and true. It, that it's not true. things along the lines of the, the uh, to the level of rape or to the level of sexual assault. It is smaller crimes that only go to judges and things like that. This would be an, a new crime that would be non-jury. So it's not a new idea completely. It's just a new level to an established idea. I don't see how I would like I would I might try to find out. I'm not sure if it's if it's been spoken about enough, like what it what they actually think the reason for the for the difference is. If they think juries just aren't getting the evidence enough, they don't understand it enough. If they're too sympathetic to to I don't even I've I have got no idea how the numbers are so different between different types of uh, charges. So we I, obviously, if all the lawyers are saying we can't do this, then it needs more work to convince the lawyers that it's the right thing to do. And if and if, if they've got other plans as well, they, we need to test that because the system isn't working. We need to fix the system. <laughs> we need to fix it in a way that lawyers are okay with with doing. I guess. Eh, it's 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 this is a this is a horrible pickle. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't want to be. I, I'm glad I'm not having to be involved in the system, but I really want to see the system work better because. Okay. Our, our conviction rates for these things are incredibly low. So many people do watch. Sure. Free. Okay, let's. Time's ticking away. So let's penultimately. I really just want to touch on this rather than go into any sort of uh, yeah, longer okay, form yeah. discussion. Uh, there have been, oh, I want to say, three mass shootings At in least. the last week and, or so. Yeah. One of which was in Texas, where eight people died in a mall, one of whom was as young as three, which well, is like horrific. A, a family, two parents, and a kid died, and one of the other yeah. kids survived. It's heartbreaking. Like that's Yeah, that's horrendous. And we then had two in the city of Belgrade in Serbia, about mm-hmm. 24 hours apart. So one was, I want to say, a teenager who went into his school and shot nine dead. Yeah, brought his parents gone to school. And then the yeah. next day, we had, in the same city, another mass shooting where another nine people were shot dead. And it sounds like the government there have actually decided to move right, yeah. fairly quickly is that fair well yeah i don't know how m- much they're moving but they're they've they've already said we're gonna be looking at changing the laws around guns right they're, they are responding to this with reform immediately um which i think i think uh it's a review of all licenses it's um pausing granting more licenses to anyone for a right. while so, so there is an immediate sorry, response i'm going to pause that there so it's the serbian president alexander vucic who a day after the second shooting announced that yet several measures were coming into place including a ban on new permits yep. tougher penalties for illegal weapon possession yep. psychological checks of gun owners and amnesty for the surrender of illegal weapons and this took uh, yeah two days after yeah. two horrendous mass shootings and this article says there have been over 200 in the US this year. Yeah, so obviously and like nothing's happened. You don't want any mass shootings, but if you've got them, you want a response from the people in government. Sure. So Serbia, they're they apparently are responding. I, I like I I hope to keep an eye on like what they actually do to change the situation. They have, by the way, in Serbia, the third highest rate of gun ownership in the world. Ah, right. Yeah. So 
let's see a deep But mass shootings are not a daily slash weekly occurrence. Not a daily thing. Yeah. Whereas in the States, it's happened. I think there was another story of somebody saw some shadows in his, his backyard and shot a kid who was playing hide and seek. You know, there was like what's happening in the States is awful. Yeah, there was another one last week, which may have been California and a gun owner who was asked by his neighbor to stop shooting so that they could let their one month old baby sleep. Yeah. Then went into the house and shot, I believe, seven of them dead and then was found five days later hiding under some laundry. Yeah. I think there's a just to highlight as well, there was an immediate response to several shootings recently or in like there were some shootings by people who were identified as non-binary or trans those were immediately the headlines trans person shoots non-binary person shoots blah 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 this one as soon as the details were out there it was like a a migrant maybe an illegal immigrant yeah it was like headlines illegal immigrant bad you know all of these things because they align with making the current out group even more of the out group but this more recent one it was uh someone who had nazi symbols tattooed on him and I don't see any Republicans talking about how maybe that's a problem. Yeah, he was a right-wing shooter in Texas. They are talking about how he was Mexican and therefore not a white supremacist. <laughs> but I don't know. He's got Nazi symbols on him. <laughs> yeah. So the the difference with how they treat the different shootings is only in headline. And they will only use it to demonize certain groups. And they won't actually respond with the legislation that's needed. So yeah, but we're trying to keep it brief because it's endless. It's, we're yeah. going to talk about more shootings next time. I'm sure it's it's as depressing at this point. It's depressing a long time ago. Okay, and lastly, then for the time being, Vladimir Putin. He has given a speech saying that Russia's future oh, yeah. rests on the soldiers fighting in Ukraine. Does it uh, during his annual speech to mark Victory Day? There's nothing more important right now than your combat efforts. Uh, he said to this um, audience of mainly. Mm. Mm-hmm. It seemed officials and veterans. Yeah, I did see that in the parade there was one tank. Yeah, there was. Yeah, it was one one tank. So they'd really scaled it back. Very impressive show of they force. They said yes. that this was because of uh, security concerns. There have been some by the drones issues with uh, whether it was uh, there was a car bombing, I believe, recently. Car, there were car bombing. Some one of their propagandists got car bombed. There was a couple of drones that tried to blow up the Kremlin, but nobody can prove that was Ukraine. You know, and they very much a Russia thing to do to kind of like pretend to blow yourself up, you know? So uh, there's been security concerns and they're trying to make a, a big deal. Uh, they've just lost another city though. And, you know, uh, they're they're looking weaker by the day. Hopefully they keep looking weaker by the day. Um, I think the French have declared the Wagner group as terrorists, which is a thing. I don't know what that does, but it's a thing. Uh, well, Putin's looking a bit weaker, a bit more deader. I hope he dies. I genuinely do. <laughs> That's it. Okay, well, on that happy note, shall we end the show? Uh, Sure. I could keep listing other people that I hope die. Not like get killed mm-hmm. violently, even though sometimes yep. the, the angry part of me wants that. But, you know, I think I'll end at one. One on the list is fine for today. Okay, well, let's end the show there. Time has <laughs> vanished on us, shall we? Ceaseoperate at gmail.com if you want to get in touch. See a long one. Another long one. James, thank you for your thoughts, opinions. As ever, get in touch with the show. Love to hear from you. Yeah, if anybody is really familiar with like the, the whole jury thing in Scotland, please write things to us. Tell us a bit of perspective. That's one. That one's really interesting to me right now because it's so complicated. Okay, we'll leave it there. Bye, yep. James. Bye.